YouTubes, it's Elise here. I just wanted to know what you guys thought about how I could avoid having an argument with my uncle at Easter because he doesn't believe in climate change and things can get kind of awkward. I would love to know what you guys think about that. Thanks so much. Welcome to Hey Tubes. This is a podcast where we are figuring out, can we save the planet but make it fashion? We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. And oh yeah, we're also the founders of Tubes, this really awesome shoe label. Well, we like to think so anyway. So what an episode we have for you today. It is Easter for those of you who don't know this weekend or for those of you who are Jewish like us. It's also Passover, just a fun fact for you. So I guess this episode actually applies to both. And for us, often family time or family friend time results in us being around a table with people who we don't necessarily agree with on everything. Mm. And that everything... Or on anything. Or on anything. (laughs) And sometimes that even extends to climate change, which is why today we are answering the question, how do I avoid an argument with my climate-denying uncle at Easter? Because we need to know too. Or... How do I avoid an argument at Passover with my climate-denying uncle? It applies to everything, really. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So... We have been in this situation many times. So we are here with you. And I think that the funny thing about this is we're in a really weird time in the world. Does anyone else feel this where we are so divided on everything and we actually can't agree on anything? I actually had this hilarious experience the other day where I picked up a friend where we started discussing and just like that. And we had very different opinions on the show. I was a lover, she was a hater. And we honestly got to this point where we were full blown arguing about whether the show was good or bad. So much so that I got so annoyed that I was basically ready to kick her out of my car and say that she wasn't my friend anymore. And you're not alone in that because I feel like it's just all over Instagram as well. We just unfollow people that we don't agree with now. And I remember years ago speaking to people in the US who are having this experience when Trump was getting voted in and things were getting really divided there. And I remember people over there saying like, I can't even go and see my family. And we were like, what? Yeah. They were saying I'm liberal, they're conservative, and we just can never see eye to eye. And every dinner ends in a fight. And that concept was completely unfathomable to us. Yeah. And now we get it. We get it. There's actually this movie I watched the other day that was so good. I think it's on Netflix. It's called The Oath. And it's about this couple who are living in the US and the conservative government there makes everybody sign like an oath 
to the government or like pledging themselves to America and they're like what the hell we're not signing this and it's like they use this oath as like they show how divided it is and like their brother's really into it and then they have Thanksgiving and it's just like so so accurate and I feel like that movie sums up this kind of thing that we're talking about where you can't be in the same room as somebody how do you sit at a dinner and have a pleasant time when things are being brought up that you completely disagree with. Yeah. And like you want to avoid the subject. That's how I go into those dinners. Avoid, avoid, avoid. But it's almost like the uncle we're using for an example. Don't worry, guys. Our uncle isn't a climate change denier, just so you all know. But (laughs) it's almost like the uncle comes in knowing that I'm going to try to avoid it. And it's like, they want to poke me and poke me and poke me and poke me until I explode, which I do. And it's, that's, what's really hard about it. And that's why I feel like we need the help. Yeah. And this person wants to get a rise out of you often. So even if you try to avoid it, they're going to bring it up because they know that it's going to poke you. They know that you're going to have no choice but to explode about it. So today we're going to be having a nice little conversation where we work out how we can go into this. We can have a nice dinner and we can avoid the explosion, maybe get our points across if we need to and still have a nice time. I think it's worth mentioning as well, like today we're talking about climate, but you can apply this to anything, right? Like anything that you feel like we're disagreeing on at the moment. So I don't know, politics, I don't know, the upcoming election, I don't know, vaccines, all the things that it feels like our world is disagreeing on at the moment. We can apply it to everything. Mm -hmm. So we're calling on our friend who is actually a psychologist and he is just fabulous. I actually saw him recently mitigate an argument between one person and a few other people. And I was blown away at his ability to act from a place of compassion, but also just totally shut that shit down. So when I saw him do that, I called him and I was like, oi mate, we got to get you on the podcast. We need help. How do we deal with climate change deniers? His name is Jared White. He's a very good friend and a very awesome person. And I'm so excited that he is here to chat to us today. So let's give Jared a call. Hey Jared. Hello. So excited to be chatting to you today. Thanks for having me Bring on. us all the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't put too much pressure on. We'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, whatever you're going to know is a lot more than we're going to know on this topic because we are very guilty of getting into the arguments at these kind of family functions. So just to kick it off, how do I avoid an argument with my climate denying uncle at Easter? Is the number one piece of advice just to avoid that topic altogether? Mm, Yeah, well, it really depends on so many things, but I would say the main thing that it's going to depend on is where you're at, you know, where you're at emotionally in yourself at that point in time, because I imagine we're setting this up in the sense of like, your uncle as the figure is a climate denier and you can't stand the shit that they're saying you can't stand what they're doing and the way they approach the situation and so it's really grinding your gears and you really feel like you need to say something about it so that really depends i think on where you're at i wouldn't say you need to avoid it i wouldn't say you need you need to get into it but if you're in a place where you're feeling emotionally drained as it is those conversations are likely going to take a lot of energy. And if you're already feeling drained and you, you, you're checking in on yourself and you're saying this is going to take a lot, 
maybe it's not the best. If you're feeling like well, well, and you're feeling good, and you're feeling like you're, you know, resolved, and you know how you're going to approach it or whatever, then go for it. Yeah, and like, who isn't feeling emotionally drained right now? Like, I can list off seven reasons why I'm feeling emotionally drained. I don't know about you guys. Totally, and I feel like it's such good advice because actually, I'm more likely to get into an argument when I'm not feeling like I'm up for it. So I think it's really important that we do check in with ourselves and be like, oh, okay, wait if I'm being really snappy, if I'm ready to go, that's probably not the right time. It's going to come down to, you know, what you want to get out of it, you know, because if you want to get out of the argument, just someone that you can project your stuff on and go nuts at and, you know, really vent at and they're going to be okay and you're going to be okay and you know it's all going to be fine because you've got this kind of connection where you can do that, then whatever. You know, if you're feeling emotionally like you're, you're struggling, you don't have the reserve, then you can still do that. It just really depends on so many factors. Like, is that what you want to get out of? And if it is, then that's fine. But if you're talking to, a, say, a climate denier and you want to get them to change their opinion and you want to have an in-depth conversation where you can finally have that moment where you've got them and they go, yes, okay, I see what you're saying then you might want to check in on where you're at emotionally at that point. I feel like I've been in this situation so many times where I walk into the room, I've given myself like a Rocky style pep talk and I'm like, I am not going to engage tonight. This is not the night. I just want to come in. I want to fly under the radar. I want to keep the peace. And then I want to go home tonight with like my dignity and my self-respect. And that's just going to be what it is. And I feel like the uncle wants to poke the bear and it's like they want to get a rise out of me. Like they know they're not going to change my mind. I know I'm not going to change theirs, but for some bloody reason, I'm coming into this doing my very best to avoid. And then like they want to bring it up with me just to get a rise out of me. So like if that happens, like then what? Then what do I do? It's so interesting. You know, Like, uh, can I just before we answer that question, can I just bring up one thing just from a, a psychological? It's really interesting when you when you go into something trying to avoid it, you see it more. Like even the jab that the uncle makes that isn't about it, but can sort of be twisted or related to it. You're kind of like, oh, they're going, they're ready to go because you're ready for it. You know, it happens. You're hypersensitive to it. So it's an interesting mindset and just something to be aware of, not to say that you shouldn't go in trying to avoid it or that's a problem, but just to know that if you're going in trying to avoid it, you're already looking for it. Oh my God. Oh my God. You just hit me so hard. (laughs) Which is hard. Which is hard. They call that Viktor Frankl. He's a psychiatrist. He calls it paradoxical intention. It's like, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep and you say, go to sleep, go to sleep, it's not happening. So it's the same kind of thing. Like avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. But you're ultimately kind of drawn to it just so you can be prepared not to have it. But let's say you're avoiding it and this uncle is really going at you and this is happening and there's just no way out of it. Like it's, it's definitely there. I like to refer to a skill. It's called Dear Man. It's from DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. We can go into as little or as much of it as you want, but it's basically an acronym for how you can talk to people to sort of talk down situations that you just don't want to be involved in. So it's kind of like a way to assert yourself to say, look, I'm, I'm not doing this now, but in a really kind of like structured way. I've seen you do this in action and I am always astounded because I am like, 
I don't want to talk about this right now. I told you I don't want to talk about this. And of course, that doesn't result in anything other than the argument unfolding. Uh, It's actually a lot of common sense, a lot of this stuff. But when you're heightened, it's impossible to think of, you know, so it's good to have this kind of on the ready. So the Dear Man is an acronym and Dear Man probably because, you know, let's face it, most often it's men that are going to be the ones that just aren't listening and are going to be poking and prodding in horrible ways. I mean, you, you said, said it, it, not yeah. us, but... Okay. <laughs> I'll hang my hat on that. So you've got D stands for describe, and all you're doing there is you're describing the situation. So you might be saying, and it's got to be factual. So it might be, you keep talking to me about climate anxiety. Or you've talked to me three times about climate anxiety. Be really specific. So you describe the situation. Step two, the E, express. And you'd say something like, I feel cornered, I feel trapped, I feel sad, I feel you're expressing something. And the expression is so powerful because it's a sign of vulnerability and it's a way that people can connect with, it doesn't matter who you are, you're connecting with the feeling. The third thing is assert. So the A stands for assert and this is where you ask for something. You don't say stop talking, you don't say do this, you ask, you say can you please stop talking about it? Or can you please stop? Or can we talk about this another time? And then the final one, R, is reinforce. And that is all about saying something that they might get out of it. So, you know, it could be as simple as, and then I can assure you we won't argue. Or, and then I'll talk to you about it at that time. Or, and then I won't rip your head off and feed it to my dog or whatever. You know, like that way, it's just like, you can, go, you can be creative with it, but it's just like, this is what you're getting out of doing this. So that, that, if I say that again, it's like this. Listen, you've talked to me about this three times. I feel cornered. Can you please stop? And I can assure you we won't argue. Ooh, uh. nice. I love it. I love that there's a formula behind that because if I heard you say that, I wouldn't realize how thought out that it was. And so that's super clever. Mm, and I think that there's such a nice balance in that of being vulnerable and being assertive. You know, like you're really taking control of the situation, but in a way that's like unassuming mm. almost. Yeah. You're tricking uncle. <laughs> tricking uncle. And well, I was just going to say those three other parts, the man part, they're not so much what you do, but it's how you do it, which I think, you know, it's kind of like the tricking part that you're talking about there, Jess. You know, the M stands for mindfully. So you, you do that again and again and you ignore attacks. So it's kind of like a broken record. You, you know, when, when you're doing mindfulness, you kind of come back to the same thing, same way here. If they interrupt you or if they jump at you, you start again. You say, you keep talking about this, I feel cornered. So you start the whole thing again, you just say it again. When it comes to the A, it's appear confident. So this is like the trick. It doesn't mean you have to be confident. It doesn't mean you need to say it with you know feeling it, but you just need to say it and be able to maintain eye contact for a little bit or, or keep your, your chin raised or whatever it is that makes you appear confident. And finally, Finally, the end is negotiate. So if they're like, I'm not going to stop, you can put it back on them. You don't have to say, all right, well, how can I give you something here? You can be like, well, you're not going to stop and I'm not going to stop saying, can you stop? So what should we do? So good. So good. So I feel like you've given us a really awesome example of what handling the experience well looks like. And we're definitely going to try that next time it comes up. And hopefully we can keep our cool enough to go there. I'm going to try it on Friday. Great. (laughs) Jessica's going to report back about how it goes Friday. But 
I'd love to know from you what happens when, you know, when you're in one of those situations and somebody's saying something and, you you know, you had it all planned out in your head before, how calm you were going to be and how you're going to respond. But then, you know, that feeling when your heart starts racing and like you just feel yourself that like if you say anything, it's just going to be a total explosion and you kind of can't keep your cool enough to speak in that way. What then? Saying a formula at that point, it's like that's out the window. You can't, Mm. like, be structured and solid and appear confident when you're about to word vomit all of this kind of anger and hurt and pain. So I'd say two things. The first thing I'm thinking about is, like, just heaps of different distress tolerance strategies. You know, it may be leaving the situation saying, I need to go for a moment, splashing your face with cold water as you do, like, a deep breathe technique, holding ice, having a cold shower... Um, doing a bit of exercise it may be like self-soothing through senses like you know candles all all that kind of stuff you know so like go to the bathroom and like do some squats or something (laughs) really anything that helps you tolerate the distress as long as you're not going to make the situation worse then you're tolerating it the other thing i'd say and this isn't a thing to do this is just a, a comment on that situation is that Climate change and climate anxiety, it's profound. It's so profound and it's so pervasive. And in a way, I think we need to honour our rage, you know, in this situation. And it may be that we become a bit preemptive about this kind of situation because it's going to happen a lot and it's going to continue. And we find spaces to honour our rage and whether that's with other people or that are like-minded where we can just go and scream at each other about the situation or, you know, go go to a pillow and scream or whatever it is, like acknowledge that our age is there for a reason and it deserves our respect. It's really powerful and it's present that we can find ways to respect it. So it's not about like we have to contain it and then get rid of it. We really need to like respect that rage totally I really appreciate you saying that especially as women I would say like we kind of when we feel anger like the the instinct is to like shove it down and shove it away and then I don't know about you guys but like then just be passive aggressive about something and feel like I handled it really well but I don't when I feel rage coming up like I I feel like it's sometimes I feel like it's wrong to honor it but you're you're so right it's actually not and that's just my conditioning (laughs) I'm just laughing because of, I feel like you and Stephanie haven't spent that much time together, but she must be sitting here thinking, fuck, you're fantastic. (laughs) I really am. I'm like, this is great. Renan doesn't have friends like this. (laughs) Not really into this deep shit. No, but I was also sitting here thinking like, I love that we've found a way to like merge talking about climate and talking about like mental health and self-work yeah it's genius it's a great intersection it's where a lot of my work or my direction is going because i'm climate anxiety it's massive i appreciate you doing this sort of whole series on it because i think a lot of people feel it and there's no question um and so for me even in my practice in my profession i'm looking for ways to merge mental health and climate change and that's the only, I mean that's one of the best ways I can do it so I guess we've talked a lot about the the fighting and like the anger of the experience but then at the core of it there is something around 
like really believing in something like climate change and, and wanting to be able to explain it to someone in a way that like they'll come on the journey with us and they'll also start believing in climate change and they'll also become a climate warrior. So like, is there a point in, if you are able to kind of leave the anger at the door, is there a point in engaging in conversations with people who don't believe in climate change? Is it possible to change somebody's mind when they very adamantly believe something? Let's focus on one thing in that question to start off with. Is it possible to change someone's mind? Like what we're looking at there is we're in these conversations, I think we're going to try to find all of the nuance so that, you know, we can change someone's mind on something. Doesn't mean we can make them believe in climate change like we do. Doesn't mean we can get them to believe everything, but we can change their mind on something and that that will be where we'll get to. So I think we start off with in these conversations where we engage, is there a point to engaging? Absolutely. I'm not saying always, you know, because sometimes, like we said, it's gonna be too much, you're not in the space. It will become overwhelming even as you start or during and you might go, I need to bail from this and that will be the right move for you at that point in time. But is there a point to engaging? Absolutely. Like these conversations have to happen, right? So what's our goal or objective? What are we trying to do? We're trying to work them a little bit towards our point of view on the spectrum. In terms of how does it go then when you do that, this is I think where it, be- where it gets really hard leading with curiosity and inquiry. So you know that if you're going to be arguing, they're going to become, we know this, they're gonna become even more defensive. You're not gonna tell them what to do because it's not constructive to tell people what to do because or what's going on or what they need to know because people feel insulted then and then they feel even more armed. So you're gonna be asking questions. You're gonna be asking questions like, what do you see? What do you know? What's your experience like? Wherever you see a moment of vulnerability, you might acknowledge it. You might ask more questions about it. And ultimately, when there is a point of vulnerability, that's your, not the thing to jump on or capitalize on, but that's where your pivot point is. You know, whatever it is that helps you connect on a point. Because then you've got that mutual vulnerability where you're both in that moment talking about something that you're both afraid of and all of a sudden you're together and that's where that pivot point happens and you're all of a sudden in the conversation so it's really all about not telling anyone what to do not saying this is what you need to do but coming closer Mm, so good so so good okay we've got one last question for you after you lost your shit Like you didn't do any of the good things that you're talking about. And actually like you accidentally engaged, you didn't splash water on your face. You went full force into the argument. You said a bunch of shit and you were pretty harsh, right? And then you wake up the next morning and you feel crap about yourself. You are full blown hungover from your argument and maybe some of the wine that you had, which definitely contributed to the (laughs) argument. But what do you do then? Like apologizing, like calling them to apologize. It feels kind of fake because you don't even know whether you're sure that you're sorry, but you feel really shit about yourself. Like how do you move forward? How do you deal with those feelings? I think the first thing is you have to be compassionate to yourself. We're allowed to feel how we felt and there's a message that came from it. 
And um, when we meet ourselves with that attitude of compassion, it allows you to move through and into things way faster. You want to apologize, but then you feel like you're giving up ground on the importance of the of the principle. One thing that we talk about when it comes to being effective, and this is in a mindfulness sense. So uh, again, going to deep di- dialectical behavioral therapy, they've got this um, way of breaking down mindfulness into six different things that you have to do. The sixth one is all about being effective. And one of those components is sacrificing a principle when necessary to achieve a goal. You can't win everything you you won't you have to sacrifice so you may in that point uh, the next day you're going to sacrifice a principle in some way you know um, but that's okay for effectiveness so you can sacrifice something there only because you know ultimately that that's there and at the same time you're going to be working towards how do we actually have this conversation what can we learn from mm. last night where we can say, all right, next Easter, um, let's not do this. And whether it happens or not next Easter, that's not the point. Obviously, that will be the point, but the point is that you have a contract between the two of you saying, I'm sorry for this and let's try this next time or let's do this next time. It doesn't have to be then and there, but you have it said and so you can always look back and go, look, last Easter we did this. We said we weren't going to, you know, use a dear man if you want again. And it's like that way you're making, you're building a building block. It may be that the argument was the best thing you ever had because it opened up the dialogue that happened the next day. Yes. So good. I feel like I learned so much from you, not mm. only about this climate stuff, but just like about how to be a better human. I know, same. I'm like, can't wait to go try out those deer men. So easy to <laughs> preach and impossible to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I've seen you do a pretty good job, so don't be compassionate with yourself, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for having See me. Ya. Bye. Hey, Tubes! I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment called Winner Winner Plant Based Dinner. La, 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 la. Okay, so this is a special edition of Winner Winner Plant Based Dinner because this week being Easter and Passover, we thought perfect, we're going to do an Easter and Passover edition. So I have been looking at the supermarkets at all the Easter eggs that have been on the shelves for weeks or months now. They go out very early with these things. I know. And I was so excited at first to see all these Easter eggs on the shelves and I was like, great, I'm going to buy some. And yeah, then like I- in the past, that was always a very exciting moment. When they brought out the Easter eggs. Yeah, like give me a Crabberry cream egg. Yes. Yes. Those things are only available for a few months of a year. Yeah. Also the hot cross buns. I love a hot cross bun. You do love a hot cross bun. So I was very excited, but then I was very unexcited to see that they're all dairy milk. And 
I wanted a vegan one. Like, I don't know, maybe lint makes a 70% egg. I haven't looked into that yet. But also like that doesn't sound very nice. It doesn't sound that nice. Anyway, so I can't help you there basically because I have not found a vegan egg. And if anyone has, please, please let us know. Oh, Panna do vegan eggs that are supposed to be very good. But I think they're more of like a decadent, intense variety than like a little bite-sized yummy. Oh, okay. I'm loving Panna's variety and how they're really branching out to give us everything we want now. So I'll definitely be looking that up. But I just in the spirit of talking about chocolate, uh, I went to my friend's house the other day and she had made a tray of chocolate and she's like, this is the easiest thing I've ever done. And I was like, this is so delicious. Please tell me how I did it. So she got a tray. She put in cacao and coconut oil. Then she mixed through maple syrup, obviously just to make it sweet. And then she said she literally chucked in anything she had, like fruit and nut vibes, like dried fruit and nuts. Mm -hmm. And then she chucked it in the freezer. And then it came out and it was like the most delicious chocolate ever. So did she heat it? No, she, no, because it was just cacao, like cacao powder. Oh, God bless her. Goddess bless her. I know. That sounds delicious. This is my friend Louise and she is a fantastic cook. And so this was so, so delicious and so healthy. So while it isn't a replacement for good trashy Easter egg chocolate, I just thought I had to share that for Easter. Thank you. I'll definitely be trying that. Yeah, so good, so easy. And it made so much, like there were 10 of us and we devoured it, but it was enough for 10. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so over to our Passover friends. So I have a little intel on a vegan chicken soup. So for Yum, the f- I love chicken soup. I know. And like so necessary, especially at Passover when everyone's having a matzo ball. Ooh, there are there is a way that you can do vegan matzo balls that I've done before, but I can't remember how. Google it. And also there's that one in Melbourne, Three Daughters, that does amazing vegan chicken soup if you just want like a store-bought version and the matzo balls they do. Mm, yeah, delish, delish. But if you don't want to go down the packeted route and you do want something on your own, I, I think I actually went like the first five years or so not eating meat just going without chicken soup on Passover which oh, that's is a terribly sad story blasphemy so then someone one of Elliot's cousins actually recommended Osem they have this like chicken stock that you can literally just use as a replacement for chicken in your chicken soup recipe. So like you still add the celery and the carrots and the whatever else you put in there. And then it basically tastes like chicken soup and it's super, super yummy. And like you can add more if you want more flavor. You can add less if you like it a little bit less strong. It is delicious. So it's chicken flavored, but it's vegan. Yeah. It's how do they do that? Vicken. So that's delicious. Try it this Passover and let me know what you think. Great. Can't wait. Okay, that is us. That is our episode. That is another week. So good luck for all your family and friend gatherings this week. Make sure you keep all these awesome tips in mind and we know you got this. Please come on over to our Facebook group. We are Tubes of Kinda community and let us know how your Easter and Passovers go. Yeah, I want to know if you successfully managed to steer clear, have the argument, whatever it is that you did. I hope that you're not feeling bad about it. I hope that you're not feeling that hangover after the fact and I'm dying to hear how it all went. Yeah. Oh, also before we go, just want to let you know the next couple of weeks we are going to be on break, but we'll be back in your ears Monday, the 2nd of May. So don't miss us too much. There are a few episodes you can catch up on in the meantime and we'll see you then. Hey! 
Thank you so much to our podcast producer, Amelia Navasquez, our podcast coordinator, Bianca Whitner, and a big thank you to King Cora and Lily3PO for creating our incredible theme song. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record, the Boonarong, Boonwarang and Wurundjeri Woolwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation and the Arakwal people of the Bundjalung Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.